first and goal against this Ravens defense. Multiple tight ends. Harris the back. First and goal. Haywood in motion. Harris will drive. Holding that ball with one hand. Did he get across? Yes, he did. Touchdown. One yard touchdown. Diving, flying. Najee Harris. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Real Steel Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Schmidt, and joining me as always, my co-host, Holt. And we're doing things a little bit differently with this episode. We're about an hour, an hour and a half fresh after watching the Ravens game. It is Sunday. So this episode is going to be pretty reactionary and, and definitely emotional, to say the least. What do you think, Holt? Yeah, definitely do not have a ton of stats this week, but definitely have plenty of emotions to go around. So we have some things to talk about. Yeah, we figured this would be an interesting way for our listeners to kind of see how we feel right after a game. Usually we can, you know, gain some composure um, and and kind of plan things out a little bit and and have more of a a detailed flow here. But uh, we're we're really frustrated after this one. And and we wanted to kind of share that with you guys and, um, you know, just talk through some things. I think we're we're back on like the endless roller coaster ride is kind of how I see it at least this season, right? A lot of ups yeah. and downs. Um, I think you know I took some notes at the beginning of the game. I was kind of prepared to break things down, maybe drive by drive or quarter by quarter, but a lot of that kind of fell apart when Kenny left the game <laughs> and yeah. Mitch Trubisky just was not it today. Yeah, it wasn't just like your game plan or your note taking. I think the the whole Steelers game plan and, and game just went out the window as soon as Kenny went out, which is, which is unfortunate, but yeah, it, that was a Mitch was not it today. And we'll, we'll get more into that, but yeah, it was, it was tough. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, I think the game kind of went how we both anticipated it to be yeah. even with Kenny out, right. It was low scoring. It was close two points. Um, although I would have thought it would be a little bit more field goal heavy from, from our side, um, guess that just wasn't the way the cookie crumbled, but what well, should have been. Yeah. Lots, lots of missed opportunities here. I mean, you, you look at, you know, changing one or two things in this game and it very, very easily could have gone the other way. I mean, we were playing the Ravens second and third string quarterbacks here. So, right. you know, don't get a field goal blocked and, and you put three through the uprights, you probably win that game one less interception and you get some points in the red zone or, you know, on the Raven side of the field, you probably win the game. So that's kind of the thing that I'm struggling with is, is it was kind of like one, one mistake too many. And, you know, we held the Ravens to 16 points. We should have won. Yeah. Uh, right. 16 points should be enough to win you the game. I mean, this, this just reminds me of the beginning, the beginning of the year and uh, inept op, inept offense and defense, not being able to make timely, timely stops. That's exactly what this game was. We had so many opportunities and the offense couldn't score points. And, and then the defense at the end of the game had a chance to give it back to the offense to try to win the game and, and they couldn't make a stop. And this is what we've done all year, whether it was the, the Patriots loss at home, the Jets loss at home, and now this one. These have been three devastating losses at home that we should have won. And if we win all three, our season is completely different. And we're not sitting here saying the playoffs are definitely over. We're saying we still have a chance even after – you know, today's game. So it, yeah, it's a tough one. A lot of missed opportunities, I think would be the, the key, the, the key to the game. Yeah. I look at this one. You mentioned the Patriots game. We hold them to 17 points, even the dolphins. I mean, a, a relatively high powered offense. We hold them to 16 points. The fact that you don't win those games. I mean, 
to, to hold a, an offense under 20 is, is really frustrating, but let's, let's dive in yeah. at least a little bit into the game. See if there's anything we can talk about it. I mean, the Steelers got down early 10, nothing. And then, you know, we were able to go ahead and, and, you know, put together a, a little bit of a touchdown drive. Najee with the, I think it was a one yard run where he kind of extended right. arm and, and went across the goal. So 10, seven, um, but then it's, you know, a couple turnovers back to back, what up a field goal. Um, and you go into the locker room at the half 13, seven. So six point game already two interceptions in the bag and, and really looking pretty grim, but, you know, down six points uh, with playing the way you are, it, it felt like, you know, we knew this game could be winnable at that point. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to go back all the way to the, the Steelers first and second drives of the game though. I, I mean, Pickett had 16 yards rushing on the first two plays of the game. We moved the chains and then we get into our run, run, pass situation where we, you know, had six yards rushing on the first two downs, and then and then Pickett got sacked, where he actually eventually gets gets his concussion, and he goes into the protocol, and he comes out. They say he's fine, and then, you know, it's three nothing at that point. But Pickett's back. We're we're feeling okay, and we go three and out, and then from there on, Par- Presley Harvin has a seventeen yard punt, and that was it. Yeah, Pickett Pickett went out of the game for whatever reason. Don't really understand the protocols. Um, I hope I just hope he's healthy. And, and Harvin combats that with a 17 yard punt as well. And and I think from there the the sales were kind of taken out. I know that like you said we made it 10 to seven two drives later, but giving up the two two play 48 yard drive to to J.K. Dobbins and then um, we did answer, but it just it just felt like the the wind was taken out of the sails right from there on. Yeah, it's a good point. And it's funny you, you talk about the the early rushing for our listeners. Holden and I put a little bit of money on on a couple of things here for this game. One of them was for Kenny to have more than 20 yards rushing. And right off the bat, 16 yards rushing on like the first two or three plays. First two. Yeah. And and Pult, I texted you like the laughing, crying laughing emoji. I was like, that's gonna hit really easily. And yeah. uh, easy money right there, probably, you know. Uh, a swallow those words that's for sure so you know money aside I mean it was just frustrating as you mentioned the whole protocol piece I, I do not know what happened for Kenny to get cleared and to come in and play and then to to not come in the next drive and it seemed like it caught everyone off guard like we Kenny yeah. they announced that he cleared protocol and then he just wasn't back in Right. Yeah. I listened to the Tomlin and Trubisky press conferences and, and Tomlin Thomas was pretty quick, but he said that as soon as he started showing symptoms, they, they called it in again and, and told him he had to go to the locker room. And, and that's, I think when they rolled him out. So I don't know how he passed the first protocol. I mean, this kind of reminds me if he, if he was, if he was feeling this way, why'd they let him go back out? This is like a Tua situation all right. over again. And that's what I'm worried about. And we could talk about that the rest of this season moving forward later, but I, if, why did they let him go back out on the field? And then Tomlin said he, I guess he had symptoms again when he came off the field, and that's why they rolled him out. But Trubisky said he had no idea. He said he just kept asking. He said it's my job to be prepared to go. Yeah. He's like I just kept asking, is he okay? Is, Kenny, are you good? And Kenny never said he anything was wrong. Kenny said he was fine. And so Trubisky was caught off guard too. It sounded like nobody knew. At least with like, and we'll talk about it later. But the the Huntley stuff, Huntley went out with a concussion as well. But at least his. He got taken off the field right away and went right to the locker room, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Kenny went to the tent, came out, was cleared, went in, and then I, I don't know. They need to figure out the protocols. I'm all for player safety, and we should protect these guys, but they, they got to figure these out, make it a little bit more clear of, of what the rules are. I agree. Obviously, primarily, most concerned about Kenny's health. Hopefully, he's healthy. 
and everything's fine. And, and maybe this, you know, he'll it, it, just come back in next week and, and almost like nothing happened. But yeah, there is a lot of ambiguity, I think, and, and a lot of uncertainty, at least from a spectator side in terms of what's going on. The other thing that I, I was just really frustrated with was the way that Kenny was tackled on that play. Like he was thrown to the ground, picked up and yes. thrown to the ground. And you know, I don't want to be that guy who complains about not getting penalties all the time and blame things on refs. But just based on the way that I've, I've watched a number of games this season and I see the refs throwing flags for roughing the passers, to me, based on the way that they're doing that this season, that was a no-brainer that they should have called one there. That was, I think, garbage. Yeah, the shame of it is you, you watch games with like Tom Brady or some of these other guys and if they get touched, it's a penalty. And so it's, it's kind of like these young players don't get the benefit of the doubt. And I don't know if I would have called it a, 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 a roughing. I, I definitely, by the rule of the law, it probably should have been, but mm-hmm. it, it just sucks that that could have maybe decided our game or, or, you know, had something to do with it. Yeah. Agreed. Well, let's, let's get back to the game. I mentioned it was 13 to seven at the half, really no more scoring until Baltimore put together a 13 play drive, got a field goal, um, we answered back with a, a five play 75 yard touchdown with a great catch and throw yeah. Trubisky to Pickens got seven points on the board. But at that point, I mean, right before that drive, I was texting a few people and, and basically said, well, is, is Mitch either going to, you know, get it done early for us, meaning like lose the game really early for us, throw another interception, or is it going to be another sense of false hope? And false yeah. hope is exactly what it was. We got the touchdown very reasonable amount of time for us to stop the Ravens, get the ball back, put together a game-winning drive with a field right. to cap it off. Um, but another storyline here, we just could not stop the run despite knowing that the Ravens were going to run the ball almost every single play. They crushed us. What was it, 215 yards rushing for the Ravens? Uh, yes, they had 215 rushing yards on 42 attempts. They had a 5.1-yard per carry average. Um that that I think is the the worst part about the whole situation is is Anthony Brown Jr. comes into the game and I think the whole Who? world yeah exactly um, Anthony yeah, Brown exactly no but exactly he came in what he he had three drives for them and I think everybody and their brother knew that the Ravens were going to run the ball and Tomlin even says that and and so did um and so did TJ Watt after the game as well. Anthony Brown threw f- five passes, 3 for 5 for 16 yards. So everybody yep. knew they were going to run the ball, but yet somehow the Steelers could not stop them. And I mean because that touched that field goal drive that they set up, I think he had like he might have had all five passes on that drive or maybe three of the passes, but like they ran the ball all over us and and that's how they got the the drive. So this is this is where it becomes a problem. We've given up 300 and 33 yards rushing, I think, in the past six quarters of play. Um, so that goes back to it's today's full game and then the second half against the, the Falcons last week. And, and that's just terrible, especially for the guys up front. I think it shows how bad our, our defensive line is. And I think it puts a big emphasis on the linebackers as well. Because the D-line was clogging up some stuff with the line, but there was nobody there to fill in the second, like the holes. And you got to have linebackers there to, to fill in the holes. Like The D-lineman can't take up space and make all the tackles. That's where linebackers have to make plays. And, mm-hmm. and they were absolutely nowhere to be found today. It's a good point. I, I was pretty quick to blame the defensive line here. I mean, I think they look atrocious. They do. It looked like holes just opened left and right, right down the middle. 
for the Ravens just to run through. But it is a really good point about the linebackers. I mean, we've talked about the needs for our team and addressing what those are in the draft. And it is clear that we need help on the offensive line and that we need help at the cornerback and defensive back positions. We have talked about that in our previous episodes, but I'm starting to see, and I think most of us are starting to see now that the defensive line and and the linebacker core needs help too. So there really aren't many areas where we don't need help. And and the Steelers always seem to draft a wide receiver, right? I mean, so we'll probably do that in the draft and spend a third or fourth round pick there, which I think is is pointless. Yeah. Um, Given you have Deontay Johnson for two more years, you have Pickens, you have Fryermuth, Connor Hayward shows that he can catch balls. Calvin Austin. Coming back. So to me, I would actually be pretty – I know we're jumping around here, but I would be pretty frustrated to see us draft a wide receiver next year when we have so many other needs. But we'll, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, this run defense is bad, but I mean, I guess to go to the so that's definitely one storyline. We we couldn't stop the run, two hundred and fifteen yards. I mean, J.K. Dobbins in his first game back from from injury, 50, I think he was on IR, fifteen carries for one hundred and twenty yards and a TD. I mean, he single handedly scored the, their their touchdown against us. Right. I, I mean, he just drove right down the field, forty two carries, forty eight yards with a forty four yard run. I, I don't know. You could tell, like, on that 44-yard run, he didn't look 100% healthy. But, man, you never would have guessed if you looked at the game because he had holes galore, and the run defense is terrible. But the second – I think the second main storyline of the game is – and I kind of blew past this when we were talking about the first half, but when Mitch came in, Mitch actually moved the ball a little bit. He did. And, and he actually – and I'll give him a little bit of credit. He moved the ball, and he actually looked pretty good. And if you look at his end stats and you disregard one of the statistics – which we'll talk about, but he went 22 of 30 for 276 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. If you just look at sacked that once, that's it. Right. And sacked once for five yards. If you look at that, he played a pretty good game. It's not that bad. However, he couldn't finish drives because he had three turnovers. He, he threw three interceptions and, and here's, here's the second storyline of game. And to me, I think this is why we lost the game. He threw three interceptions, but we, in our, First and second half drives, we, th- we turned the ball over through a pick when we had the ball in the Baltimore 17, when we had the ball in the Baltimore 23. Mm-hmm. His third pick was when we had the ball in the Baltimore 46. And then we had a blocked field, or blocked field goal from the Baltimore 22. That's four drives in Baltimore territory that we got zero points off of. And, and you three could of them were picks. Least, I would say conservatively, just knowing what we do, you you would get at least six points out of those. Right. right. And, and and two of those were in the first half. It should have been 13, 13 and a half instead of 13, seven. And it's like an entirely different ballgame. Yeah. But instead, we throw these picks. And I don't know. There's people online saying maybe the first one was Steven Sims' fault for running a wrong route. Steven Sims and Trubisky came out and said he ran the right route. So it, it was just Trubisky forcing things. To, he can't see over the middle of the field. It looks like he's blind to the middle of the field. He couldn't see the linebackers in coverage. He forced two balls to Fryermuth, and then the third one to De- Deontay Johnson. He said the long pass at the end of the game was the same play, but which is fine. But that was a terrible throw, and, and he didn't look off the safety at all. Kyle Hamilton made a great play. He didn't even look off the safety. So I don't know. I put I put all three of those on on Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, it's the first first game in in this is our. First game in five games, the last four games, we didn't have a turnover. And, and we have three in this game, which is frustrating. And like you said, I mean, Mitch at the very beginning looked like he was moving the ball pretty well. And it almost was like deja vu from the Tampa Bay game, right? When he came in. Yeah. And I had a friend who's not really a, a big Steelers fan, um, doesn't really have like any team loyalty, but 
his wife is a Ravens fan. So he was watching the game and he's texting me and, and asking me like, you know, what's going on here? Is it different play calling? Is it like Mitch's attitude? And I was like, to be honest, at least the way I see it is um, Mitch has nothing to lose here. Right. So he's coming in, he's not afraid to, you know, you know, let the ball fly and, and try and make throws. And that's what it was in the Tampa Bay game. But what yeah. we really saw in this game was, I, I think truly what we have with Mitch as, as a backup quarterback here is that he just really lacks some of the accuracy, lacks the decision-making, you know, doesn't see the middle of the field well. At all. I think anyone who is questioning um, or had questioned that, you know, whether or not Kenny was the move to make, I think it is pretty darn clear after this game that Kenny was by far the superb decision to, to make in terms of, of changing the quarterback. Yeah, if if you don't come away from this game and feel better about Kenny Pickett as your your quarterback moving forward, and, and you don't, if if the question of Kenny Pickett versus Trubisky is still open in your mind, then you obviously didn't watch today's game. I mean, you, there's Trubisky has, it, it looks like, two ways of playing. Either he's really conservative and throws the ball two yards uh, down the field, and that's it, and just is chuck down or chuck down Charlie, and that's all he does, and he scores no points that way or he's overly aggressive and he forces ball into tight coverage when, when he has no business doing it or no need to do it and turns the ball over and scores no points that way too. There doesn't seem to be a happy medium with him. And I think today also proved how impressive Kenny Pickett's no turnovers have been in the past. I think it was five games. Right. I mean, this is the same play calling, same everything. And the offense looked entirely different today than it did the last however many games with Kenny Pickett. And, and I think that's a testament to Kenny Pickett and his ability to, to play and, and his skill and his, his just presence back there. I just think he, he sees the field better. And even as a rookie, he's understanding how to play and play correctly and control the ball than, than, than Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, no turnovers in Kenny's last four games. And, you know, we talked about how his passer rating has increased every right. single game. He's gotten better. I was really looking forward to seeing him in this game. Well, and, yeah. and just real quick, I mean, this is how important those turnovers are. Here's the stat of here's the stat of the day or the, of the season, really. When we don't turn the ball over, we're five and one. That's our record. Mm-hmm. When we do turn the ball over, just one turnover, we're zero and seven. We haven't won a game when we turn the ball over, which th- that's a problem. There's more problems on top of that. Sure, but still. You you got to know that going in. I mean, we're not good enough to come back from from big deficits or to turn the ball over and, and give up opportunities for points. And we gave up at least two to th- or three to four opportunities to score points because of turnovers or you know miss miss field goals. But yeah, I, I hate to be that guy that's you know coulda shoulda woulda and and oh this would have happened if this happened or whatever. But I I legitimately think that we win this game if if Kenny's in. Um, Me too. It's a home game. We lose by two points. You mentioned where we turned the ball over in Ravens territory. You need one more score. And and just to think that, you know, Kenny, the way he owns the offense and, and what he's been able to improve upon this season, um, I think we win uh, this game if Kenny's in. And, and, I mean, I think you agree based on what we've talked about for sure. Yeah. I'm going to take it. So I have another comment about Trubisky, and I'm going to actually ask you a question. Depending on Pickett's health, I mean, this is another Tua situation in my mind. I'm not sure he'll be able to get through protocol again. This is his second concussion this year, at least the second time he's been in protocol rolled out of the game. So I don't know what his status will be in the coming weeks. If I, I hope he's healthy, but Mason if, Rudolph, would you play Mason Rudolph yes. over Mitch Trubisky? Yep. Yep. And I think Tomlin is probably um, 
slapping himself on the wrist or that's not the right phrase to use. I, I think he's kicking himself in the ass. That's probably yeah. a better phrase to use um, for not dressing three quarterbacks every game. I mean, you can only dress, I think it's 46 people each game. So you, you have to make your decisions on your healthy scratches. But um, I think after Mitch's third interception, where we still had a good amount of time left on the clock. Yeah. Um, at that point, if Mason was dressed, I think Tomlin may have pulled Mitch and put Mason in. Who knows? I, you know, I, I'm not a coaching member of the Steelers, so I don't know. But I think that very well could have happened. And I think given this performance and given what we've seen, you know, maybe he's going to give Mitch another chance, if, you know, if that allows itself. But I don't know. You could you could also make the argument, we know what we have in Mason Rudolph, too. But, but he hasn't been in the field in a while. Well, so. but I think that's important, too, though. Like, I'll, I'll use it as a – I'll spin it positively and, and – let it be known, I'm a, I'm a Mason Rudolph. I am not a fan of Mason hater. Rudolph. Uh, yeah, I'm a hater. And I'm one of those people, I don't know and why I've turned on him. I don't know why, but I just don't like Mason Rudolph. I, I think we know what we have in him is a good thing. I think it's better than Mitch because I think he's, he's more conservative with the ball, but he also isn't afraid to let it loose either. Like, he's not going to just check it down two yards. Like, he will throw, like, 10, 15-yard passes, but he's not going to force it either. And, and that's the two sides of Mitch we're seeing. And I just feel like in our, the game we need to play, Mason Rudolph is the better option, he, or he might just be better. And at the same time, the rumors out of camp where Mason Rudolph was the best quarterback. That's camp. right. That's that, right. That was the rumors. And, and Mark Caboli, one of the, the beat writers for the Steelers, it, it has been talking about that today because he was one of the main proponents that Mason Rudolph was the best guy in camp. They, they got to at least think about it if, if Kenny's hurt. And he's out. I mean, I, I think, what do you have to lose at this point? I mean, Mitch is not your answer anymore. Agree. I think, unfortunately, this is a headache that we didn't want to have to address or didn't want to have. Um, and yeah. it's a good thing that we are not in the shoes of the people who have to make these decisions. We'll, we'll leave it up to Tomlin and the coaching staff. But yeah, I, I would say, if it was me, it's, again, 6 o'clock on Sunday, an hour, two hours after that game ends, I would play Mason Rudolph next Sunday if Kenny is hurt. Yeah, I might be a little emotional right now, but I'm I'm done with the Mitch Trubisky experience. I'm I'm done with it. We it, he's not helping us. I don't know. Yeah, maybe well, he's okay it's, back it's up, funny but... you say that because I know if Mason puts up a similar performance, you're going to be like, "Why the hell did we do that?" <laughs> Probably you know, too. And this but... is a little bit of a rash opinion right now, but I I don't know. I was very okay. happy with Mitch coming in, and it's just not panned out. Okay, so let's do. Um... Let's do balls of steel. Uh, well, we might as well just do jag off real quick. Okay. Uh, Mitch Trubisky's my jag off. Okay. I, I mean, I know that the defense could have won us the game in the second half and could have made some stops and should have been much better defensively. And I, I'm not letting them off the loose or off the hook. But if Mitch doesn't throw three interceptions in, in their ter- almost in the red zone, or I guess two were in the red zone, I, I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like we could have won that game. So it, it's got to be Mitch for me. Yeah, I'm I'm between quite a few people. Um, <laughs> There's a lot to choose from. I almost want to give it to Deontay Johnson again, but I've given him so much crap. I mean, he, he got, played a decent game today. Yeah, but he ran horizontal, not vertical. He there did was, run hurt vertical one play. I, I did I did recognize that. He um, got a third a third down conversion or something like that. There was a uh, a, a Jalen Samuels play. Um, Jalen Warren. Sorry, Jalen Warren. I'm thinking of uh, what's yeah. His, Jalen Samuels, you were right. Yeah, yeah. Jay, there was a Jalen Warren play where he he made a phenomenal uh, catch and, and run and got us a first down. And Deontay Johnson just stood there and did not make any blocking efforts, and that just That's hurt fair. me. 
Um, I'll spare him. I mean, Presley Harvin's very deserving of it with the 17-yard punt. Um, His other two punts weren't terrible, but I think one was a touchback, and it would have been great to pin them. Yeah. So he's a candidate. Um, (laughs) But I think I'm going to go with um, the medical staff that cleared Kenny to play and let him come back in and then, you know, uncleared him or, or declared him out. Um, that's that's my jag off of the week just because yeah maybe I'll get some some crap here because medically it probably was the right decision that he didn't play but I'm really frustrated that he was put back in um right if yeah if he was not okay why did they let him go back in yeah so so that's gonna but we are not medical professionals so I guess we'll leave it to put an asterisk there don't don't get mad at me patty um That's my pick. Um, let's go balls of steel. I'm struggling with this one too. And, and let me tell you, just this one's harder about the Jag off. I can tell you who we can't give it to. Can't give it to anyone on special teams, right? Awful punting by Presley Harvin. Boswell had the blocked 17 yarder. His first kickoff wasn't even a touchback. He kicked it to the 10 yard line. He's, he's clearly not fully back. Hold on. Let me finish this. Nothing noteworthy from the return team from kickoff coverage. I don't think we can give it to anyone on defense. Our secondary was Swiss cheese. We got picked apart by a second and third string quarterback. We couldn't stop the run, even though we knew it was coming. We talked about that on offense. The offensive line was trash. We had like 60 rushing yards as a team. Uh, I don't know. I I think by default, I'm going to have to just go with Pickens. Three of three, three catches on three targets for 78 yards. And and that one, actually a couple awesome catches that he had. Um, I don't think there's anyone else I can give it. Yeah, we kind of say it as a joke, but it's starting to become true. 50-50 balls to him are more like 90-10 in his favor. Yeah. I, I mean, multiple. I think two of his catches were – Marlon Humphrey had pretty good coverage on him. And, and Pickens just makes the plays. So, I'm fine with that one. Like you said, there's not many options here. I'm going to go with Steven Sims. That's fair. Four catches for 30 yards in the slot. Uh, we haven't had, like, a slot presence at all uh, this season. So, seeing him get some – some valuable catches was good. And then he had that one kick return for, for 29 yards, which I think kind of jump-started one of our drives. I don't know if it was an interception drive or not, but it kick-started one of the drives. I think I'll, I'll give it to, to Steven Sims. That's fair. I, right. I have to say, you mentioned the, the block field goal. I mean, man, we could have given it to the, the special teams coordinator. I think it's Danny Smith or, mm-hmm. or something for that. How do you let – I think Calais Campbell, and, and let me – let me filibuster real quick while I try to look this up. Um, I think Calais Campbell is like six seven or something like that. Um, no, he's six eight. He's six eight, and he has a tendency to block kicks. I mean, that's what he does. I mean, he's a really good player, but he, he's very good at blocking kicks. And we just let him like squeeze through a gap, right. stand up completely straight, and just put his big paw up there. Uh, that's not Boswell's fault. That the line had no push, and they just let him walk right through. I mean, what are we doing? If you're going to block anybody during the kick, it should be Calais Campbell. So I, I just had to point that out. I thought that was terrible. Yeah, no, it's worth mentioning because we've, we've never talked about, like, our, our field goal team this season. I, yeah. I don't think we really have. But I think it's becoming pretty apparent to me that, like, we have a lot of special teams issues. Like, we've talked about the, the – you know, early in the season, it was the punt and the kickoff return teams, right? And that's yeah. when Gunner was back there. Maybe things got fixed a little bit with Steven Sims, but maybe that personnel change is really all we needed there. But then we talked about the kickoff coverage and how bad that's been. We've talked about yep. punting and how bad that's been. There's a lot of issues at the special teams position too. So 
um, or, or the special teams uh, unit, I guess you could say. So, um, yeah, good point. Yeah. Just had to point right. that out there. I'm, I'm going to just just say one thing here to kind of wrap things up before we very briefly talk about the Panthers game next weekend. Um, just to kind of sum, I, I guess this could kind of sum everything up. What frustrates me the most about this loss in this game is what we have talked about, I think, every episode since Kenny has came back in, and even some, since he started, and even some of the ones before that, is that this is, I wouldn't even call it a rebuilding year. I would say this is a transition year. This is a transition year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And while last week we talked about, you know, having a little glimpse of playoff hope, and, you know, we were in the hunt, and it was fun for a second, I think we said that uh, there was like a 5% chance that we would make it. We made it on the graphic today. We were there for all we were of on the like graphic, three but hours. We're, but we're out now. We're yeah. out now, five and eight. Um, it really wasn't super realistic. So to me, and again, what we've talked about, the point of this season is to see Kenny's growth and Kenny's progression. And it was just really, really frustrating that we lose this game and we didn't even get to see him play this game. Yeah. That's what hurts the most for me. Against the division rival at home, I mean – yeah, it would have been nice and to he's see. he's going to be playing these guys. I mean, yeah. if, if he has a five-year career with the Steelers, he plays them 10 times. If he has a 10-year career with the Steelers, he's playing them 20 times. And and who knows if you get a playoff matchup down the road. I mean, the Ravens are going to be competitive and good for a while. Hopefully, we're back up there. So, right. this, like, you know, these are, the, these are the grittiest games of the year, of the season for us. And this one was at home. Yeah. And I wish we could have it back with a healthy Kenny. So. Yeah, that's just great for his growth and would have been an awesome for him. And I, and I do have to point out this because of the Ravens fans you know, that I watched the game with like to keep pointing out that they were on their backup quarterback today. They were on their backup quarterback knowingly, though. And I know the third string ended up having, coming, having to come in. Okay, that, that equals the playing field. But they knew Tyler Huntley was playing today. We didn't know Mitch was playing. And Tyler Huntley gets – like Lamar is – it seems like he's like sick one day a week at practice – I mean, he gets Tyler sick Huntley, like three times a year. Yeah. And Tyler Huntley started four games last year for the Ravens. Like yeah. Tyler Huntley is, he's a very capable yeah. NFL quarterback or backup NFL quarterback. So yeah, I think that's a BS excuse. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Let's just preview the Carolina Panthers game here really quickly for next weekend. Uh, I mean, it's again, six o'clock on Sunday. So it's halftime in this game. I'm looking at the score right now. It's, it's 20 to 14. The Panthers are up against the Seahawks. Anything could happen in that game, but the Panthers are four and eight. They're on Sam Darnold this year. They went through quite a few different quarterbacks. um, And I don't know if Sam Darnold is what's going to work for them or what's not Um, fired their head coach. They've, they've been through the gauntlet. So really not a good team. This is a game that the Steelers definitely could win, even if it's Mitch or if it's Mason, um, you play a bad team, you should beat a bad team. Um, like yeah. we have with teams like the Falcons and the Saints and the Colts. We talked about that. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Obviously too early to see what we're opening up as is a favorite or an underdog. But uh, what do you got on the Panthers? Yeah, uh, the Panthers are not a very good football team either, just like us. Um, and all of these statistics come from, you know, not including this week, but uh, the, their offense – has been struggling. Uh, they're the 25th scoring offense. They only average 19 points a game, just a little bit better than us. Their passing offense is pretty bad at 29th um, in the league. Their rushing offense is 17th, and then their total offense is 30th, uh, which is which is not good. So maybe that can help our 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 rough defense. 
on the other side of the ball, the Panthers defense is actually kind of solid. They've struggled a little bit this year, but they can be pretty good. They're 14th in points allowed, uh, 14th against the pass, 25th against the run. So maybe we can get the run game going again. And then 19th in total defense. The one thing I'll point out though, is if you look at their record and, and they're playing an away game today uh, in Seattle, but they're 0 and 6 on the road, and and they're about to be either 1 and 5, or, or they're 0 and 5 on the road. I'm sorry. So they're going to be either 1 and 5 or 0 and 6. But at home, they're 4 and 3. Mm. And we're actually going into Carolina. We're going to their home home stadium. So look for them to put up a fight against us. And and again, like you said, we, we thought we might have had a slim chance to make the playoffs. That, that ship has sailed for us. So I don't know. I, hopefully the Steelers don't come in and lay an egg just because their season's over. But um, I hope to see Kenny back out there and, and see what we can do against this this uh, Carolina defense. Yep, we'll see what happens. We may have boots on the ground, uh, the potential day trip out there um, over from Raleigh. Not not too bad of a drive, but I'm looking at tickets right now, and it's really annoying how tickets are like $140 to go see the 4-8 and eight Panthers against the 5-8 and eight Steelers. <laughs> uh, I expect that to drop significantly. We will see. I looked a couple weeks ago when the Panthers played the Broncos. The tickets were like 35 bucks. So I'm expecting a significant drop. If that's the case, hopefully I will get to go. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's all we got for you today. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to uh, an emotional episode of The Real Steel. Um, hopefully you guys can uh, vent along with us and, and wallow in, in our pity and our sorrows and everything else. But uh, hopefully we turn things back around. Hopefully Kenny's healthy. Um, we'll be back with you guys after the Panthers game next weekend. All right. Talk to you all later. All right. Thanks, everyone. Peace.